<laughs> Welcome to Burning What's up, you guys? Welcome to the hot, fiery, lava, scary, dark depths of hell, aka quarantine. I am with Michael Shane Cannon. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for getting my oh. full name. Um, yeah, that was pretty much the most exciting part um, that I wanted to accomplish this podcast. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I want to discuss real quick of how we met. I met you years ago. You didn't remember because I was dating a comic and he was like, oh, my God. Um, I love my cannon so much. You have to meet my cannon. And I met my cannon. My cannon was nice. <laughs> I love that. I met my cannon. He was nice. Nothing, nothing really to write home about. But I was like, check, check, good smile. <laughs> Think he was high, but whatever. Um. <laughs> Both check, yes. <laughs> Both his, of his eyes weren't open, but um, <laughs> very sweet. They're also not currently. I'm noticing. <laughs> and then <laughs> fast forward, I got into comedy. And I was walking around with one of my boy toys, mm -hmm. Luke from Summer House at the time. Oh my God, what a and sweet little piece that, that boy is. <laughs> so we, I saw Mike and I think I was like, hey, or just like introduce myself again. And then, and he was definitely high during that time as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a through line <laughs> then, to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's consistency. Uh -huh. You're a consistent, reliable man. Sure, yeah. And then um, Feeny and I hit it off. Because we both are obsessed with cats. Mm -hmm. I have two and cats then, as well. <laughs> well, Feeny told me about it first, wow. but no, that's why that's why you're on this podcast now. I literally like if you don't like cats, we don't we don't play that game. True. And I literally have like 20 minutes of stand up that, about cats that I never do because I will get booed on stage. Holy <laughs> shit! You should put out a cat EP. Oh my god, that's actually a great idea. Yeah, it's only very... cat material. It's very cat niche, and you have to be a real cat person to understand some of the, like, real details of the joke. And I also think that's perfect because real cat people don't like going out publicly to watch stand-up. Like, I assume they stay within their quarters a lot. So yeah. if you do the EP, that's for them to kind of, like, celebrate at home in private where they feel comfortable. <laughs> You're just, like, describing how a cat would watch comedy <laughs> Exactly. <as> <laughs> <laughs> they want to sit under the couch. Yes. And watch it in a safe, <laughs> calm place. You guys, Mike has this incredible podcast, the Irish Goodbye podcast, with my boy Mike Feeney. Mm -hmm. They're hysterical. They've had it forever. Their chemistry is off the charts. So obviously they had to throw me in the game to see um, what would happen. Oh, and you fit and right in. You're 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 oh. you're a top guest. We we loved you because you just it the the show like you know it's it's storytelling so it's very tangential and it's almost like double dutch and a lot of our guests just kind of like sit back and they're they're almost reluctant to jump in and and enjoy themselves and you were like nope both of you stink I'll get I'll take it from here <laughs> <laughs> and I love that at one, at one point I think I yelled at Feeney because he like wasn't contributing yeah I was like what are you what have you brought to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you and I like, hit it off so well because I thought it was the first time we met. <laughs> so that brings me to sitting down. You are always a sweet, polite man. You have very kind eyes. <laughs> You're very welcoming. Um, and you were just very happy that I was there. And then I realized that you had no fucking idea who I was. <laughs> but when I tried to explain how we met, you meet a lot of co comics girlfriends. They come and go. I totally get mm -hmm. that. 
But what upset me was that you did remember meeting me after I described that I was with a very hot male model. Yes. Suddenly, <laughs> you were like, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Well, this is what happens to a married guy's brain is like, so I'm, I'm almost not allowed to be attracted to women. Or in my brain, <laughs> that's what I've convinced myself. So it's not even an option. So now I just appreciate male beauty. <laughs> Honestly, your wife has fucking trained you well. It's not even I'm it's all- self-training. I will not give her any credit <laughs> about this. I have I've been adoring men's bodies for long before she told me I I should. Again, she's amazing because she made it feel like it was your idea <laughs> yep. to like men. Fair so enough. She's a genius. <laughs> but I wanted just to give you a quick intro. Mike is a New York City-based comedian, delightful human being. Um, he said on his own um website, which is true. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and he, you guys have to go on YouTube. You have nothing to do. Go on YouTube. Watch his comedy special, Life Begins. I watched it. It's hysterical. Um, Thank you. And I think, yeah, congratulations on that. I was supposed to have you on a while ago to promote it, but I'd, or who you, knows. You're, you're, you're a busy bee. You have a flourishing reality television show. Your podcast is, is hot, hot toddy, and your stand-up career is taking off. You have a lot to do. Stop, you're going to make me blush. Are you watching Summer House? Uh, my wife started it. I think we're like, we wait for all we, we wait for all that shit, and then we just watch it all the way through. It does prevent you from seeing, like, um, getting, I don't know, your opinions jaded by other people on Twitter yeah. or social media. I like the, that purism. Oh, I consuming. hate... I hate the water cooler talk where people try to like break down <laughs> characters with you and like that's their idea of socializing. And I'm like, no, no, I have my own ideas. You can't sway me. I don't want to hear your feedback on what I think. I'm going to watch it and just like, you know, <laughs> sit with my abacus at home and figure out like which character I think is correct. You crack me up because if I remember right, you had a very funny job before you went into comedy mm. and the whole water cooler talk. I would pay money to watch you like in an office. I mean, hence why the office is so funny. Yes. But like, y- what did you do before comedy? So I was, uh, I mean, I've done a lot of things, but my job while I was doing comedy in the early stages to become full time, I was a, I was an office manager initially, which <laughs> any living, breathing human being is qualified for. You know, you just have to kind of be able to take a beating. <laughs> like, just an emotional onslaught say, of... I'm sorry, I'll try to take care of it. Yeah. If I can't, I'm sorry. Yeah, I it, probably won't be able to. It's completely thankless. Like, it's just negative reinforcement all day. So then the natural progression to that was I interviewed for... I, I like, left that job, and I was going to interview for a better job uh, as another office manager because I did not want more responsibility. I just wanted higher pay. <laughs> and as I was in the interview, they were like, so you're a Mac specialist, huh? And I'm like, all my life. <laughs> Just off the tip of my tongue, completely lied. They never tested me for any type of computer Have literacy. Have you ever used a Mac before? No, the only Mac that I had access to was my sister's, and I used it to go on the internet once. <laughs> so, 100%. Yeah. Also, I just want to say... Your job was stand-up comedy. You're just taking negative abuse constantly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you really... This is something we need to talk through later in the podcast, but continue. Yeah, so I... I, They never gave me a computer literacy test. They just liked the cut of my jib. I, uh, I, (laughs) I kept that job for five years, which is both an example of white privilege and also my uh, my wild ability to bullshit. Um, I was 
I was providing networking. I server maintenance. I did daytime maintenance on everybody's workstation. I would act like I basically George Costanza my way through the entire thing where I would be super frustrated and and like somebody would come over with a very simple problem. And they're like, Mike, can you help me? And I'm like, just just give me a second. I'm just trying to make it through this. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a bigger thing. I'm not trying to come at you personally. Please just go back to your computer, restart it, and I'll be over there in a second to fix it. And then I'd go, they'd walk away and I'd Google what the fuck they just said and i went back you had nothing else going on but you're all flustered nothing, you're like, yeah everyone has come up to me today i i just let me breathe for a second <laughs> yeah and you're like you literally had no one come up to you no it was just sweat and spittle from actual stress from just one problem i also love the buzzwords of of companies like maintenance what is maintenance that you listen to people when they complain yeah. and you go i'll try yeah <laughs> Oh, also, I had to do this. Is this is true? And I just remembered this the other day. I had to do like all the. I had to fix the printers and the copiers again. Yeah. Something I was wildly <laughs> unqualified for. And the CEO's wife or CEO's wife's sister, so his his in law or whatever, his sister in law worked at the company, and she was like you know sonora from the ring like she was always wet she, her hair was just like dangling in front of her face she looked as though she got out of a well at all times and she but you can't question it you that's can't. just her her character in the office right that's just and she's her. directly in line with the ceo so she had like you know carte blanche to be a pig and i remember this one time she was like came over to me she has like these black teeth and she's like you gotta check out the the copier the printer it's not working i don't know what's going on you need it right now so i came over and i pulled out every every piece that could come out so like the printer you know the the ink all the movable pieces everything that could be traded out i took it out and by the time i pulled out the last tray there was a half bacon egg and cheese with one bite in it completely lodged in in like the spokes see i know that little <laughs> i'm just calling it a bike now the spokes of the fucking printer New York City story that there was a bacon egg and yeah. cheese. Yeah, with a roll of salt, pepper, ketchup. I could tell. <laughs> Did you say anything? Yeah, you got to get the salt and pepper. I handed it back to her. To her? <laughs> I literally handed it back to her, and she like kind of took it. I'm. I didn't see her eat it, but I'd like to believe that she did. <laughs> how many times during the day would you just think? How did I get here? Every day. I mean, relentlessly throughout the day. You know, it's also one of those things where. I thought I was good at comedy, which I wasn't. It was in my first five years. I was, I mm -hmm. was, I could get a crowd to laugh, but I was terrible. I'm rewatching some of those tapes, and I can't believe my family kept telling me to go for it. Like, just, I can't watch myself yet because I'm like, just let yourself believe that you did okay. Yeah, you're smart. On. You're very, very smart. Don't <laughs> do can't. it. Like, it, because it's, it, and it's one of those things where, like, even last year, I'll look at a tape and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> like yeah. that, that's a nightmare. But I don't even listen to my own podcast. Seeing me. Try to form a sentence i'm like i'm glad some people think it's funny but it's like literally emotionally exhausting it's also like it's it's that self diagnostic thing where you're going through and you can watch your face and you're like oh i see my gears turning everybody else thinks i'm like taking a thoughtful pause but i know how stupid i am <laughs> i edit my podcast strictly to take out the absurd laughs and they're not a laughs they're like they're like animalistic noises that I will make pure joy, but like just sounding like dolphins and cats dying. I just can't listen to my own. I always say like, you know, your laugh in the background of an Insta story when you're like filming your friend doing something yes. funny and you're like, no one told me that it sounded like that. Yep. 
That, but anyway, no, that's, this is, that's now I'm turning it on me. But that's a good thing because that that's also how I discovered that I shouldn't film myself having sex. Because like the first time, I, the first and only time I ever did that, it was with an iPhone and it was reverse cowgirl and I was holding the phone close to my face and I was like, like in my head, I'm like, this looks great. This is so sick. And then I rewatched it and I'm just like, oh yeah, you're so good. Like it was... You just see the the hair on your belly button just getting like hit by her ass. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my stomach. Oh god, Ugh. I have to. It's a comp for all the ladies listening. I just want you to know, I have a lot of dirty male friends. Mm. I don't know why they they come to me. We bond. Comedy. Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> That's one one big reason. A hundred percent. These dudes have this thing where they will film girls while doing doggy and Snapchat it to their friends. Uh, this is a widely done thing. No I don't know if it's. Yeah, I think some of this is like athletes have done it, and then they'll be like, "I'm like, you know, that's sexual harassment. You can't just do that to girls." And they're like, "Well, I say, can I film you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but you don't say, can I film you and send it to every like fucking." Tom, Nick, and Harry that you're friends with and probably a random chick that accidentally got on that mail. So anyway, (laughs) just keep an eye out, guys. Just keep an eye out. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, I know that. This is our generation, (laughs) the fucking Snapchat generation. Yeah, that that one, Jamal Murray from the Denver Nuggets, he accidentally posted an Instagram either live or story of his chick just blowing him. And it was great. It was awesome. (laughs) But like, I, I assume she's not happy. When Instagram Lives first started, Instagram like was not prepared, and it's hilarious because they've had this feature for a long time, but they didn't expect people to actually start using it. Mm-hmm. So it was like going down all the time, and then like rappers were like having girls sucking their dicks. <laughs> on and you know, Instagram Lives really—it's enhanced my life for sure. It's pretty um, good. I feel bad because now I'm just remembering all the stories we talked about on your podcast, mm-hmm. but I really liked a lot of them. That's fine. More people Can't- listen to this. Can you tell me me the story of when you sent that video to your friends after jerking off too much? Oh, yeah. I don't. So this is like this is clay. So I've been with my wife for a really long time. We we dated since we were 10 years old off and on, like until we got married. We've each had experience with other people that would be psychotic if we had not. I've had my my, you know, my romps. I've had, you know, whatever she has as well. STD scares. Oh, and and just full fledged STDs. But (laughs) (laughs) HPV to me is more of a battle wound than it is an STD. Also, all the sex after quarantine is going to be so terrible. Have you been completely dry this whole time? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's going to it's going to be a lot of unsatisfied women more than usual. It's not going to. And also, I'm just find myself on TikTok. Like I legit have a fake relationship in my head with this 19 year old college athlete. Yeah. Yeah. I have a bunch of those too, all guys. And in my head, I'm like, <laughs> I would just have to DM him and be like, what I could teach you. And then I'm like, mm, he probably would teach me things, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, if he's an athlete, he is at the height of his physical abilities. He yeah. he probably is capable of stuff, but doesn't have the the staying power to accomplish them. The only thing more confident than a 19-year-old Division One football player is probably like a middle-aged white man who's not that good at his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when you were working, um, your um, th- what I would give to have the confidence of a white man who knows he's not good at the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weirdly enough, I was mad at people when I didn't know how to do my job. That's actually really true. But I was younger. I was a middle age. 
<laughs> yeah, you were you were a young um, stallion. But I also but yeah, was an so- athlete, 19, on steroids that was very good sexually at the time. I was I was are laying you, down. Are you some, New Jersey or Long Island? I'm f- I'm from Rockland County, so right outside of New York City, like 19 miles okay. out. So Westchester? It's like across the across the Hudson from Westchester. It's the Battle of White Trash, Westchester to Rockland. It's like wealthy people that can't escape their <laughs> Long Island genetics. <laughs> you nailed it so hard. But yeah, anyone who's touching the outskirts of Manhattan, there's something about it. You had to have done roids for at least a couple of years in your teens. Hell yeah, yeah. Or you'd get your ass beat. Yeah, you'd be I'm, called gay. Or you didn't take sports serious enough, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> or you did sports for fun and you were a fucking dork. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why don't you play intramural high school, loser? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you were a basketball boy. I was. Yeah. Oh, do you want me? What was the story? I was okay. No, I want to. I want to hear the story of. Because there's so many issues right now, especially in quarantine, when you're video chatting yes. and trying to be hot with video. So you were on the road. Oh, yeah. Take take your live off if you're sending pics. That's all I could say. That's a little hint into what is about to happen. But like, <laughs> so I was I was sending nudes of my body to my wife. And like at that point, I don't even think of my dick. Like my dick mm. is is just barely attached to my body i have i'm road weary which means i've been on the road for weeks this was lining leading up to my special so i think i did like eight weeks in a row or something like that so i was just masturbating at such an like an elite level that what's your what's your go-to lotion see like i'm such an irish prick i am dry get it done like i'm in the barn okay do you ever use the like blanket to add even more like texture against it no but that's nice yeah but it probably desensitized the dick but i have heard i have heard that i ask a lot of masturbating questions like you you just use the the thin blanket oh okay no i've used it i've I've done sock very dry when i was young yeah when i was younger i built my own pocket pussy (laughs) you were (laughs) that is the most I feel I like really that's some office proceed. manager shit. Yeah. That's some office manager IT. That's what you should have told them in the interview. You were like, yeah. look, I may not I have max- my own f- <laughs> flashlight. I'm not a Mac specialist, but I am a sack specialist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I built a pocket pussy out of soccer socks. I folded those over and I put like a garbage bag in and then I loaded it up with lotion and just... Dude, you could have sold that shit on eBay and like crushed it. All those Westchester horn dogs all steroided up with their little tiny ball sacks. I know. Ugh, it would have been great. But so I, so, so I'm on the road, right? And I'm I'm jerking off crazy. It's and I'm, but I'm getting in shape also. So I was like sending my wife some update pics of my body, and then I sent her this picture. It was a full length nude, and it is classic post jerk dick. Like it just looks like almost a, a, just a useless should be collecting some sort of disability dick like like a chewed old piece of putty that you've found you know under your couch with your cat it is just a goddamn nightmare and so i i don't know why i sent that to my wife i probably should have plumped up and sent her something that would make her 
you know attracted to me but i sent that and then i also like i have a bunch of fat friends and again the confidence that white men have when they're not mm -hmm. ready should should never be that confident is so fucking like hot almost yeah that you're like here's my depressed worm dick (laughs) this is what you you wish you could get it hard you wish you could get this bitch hard you can't get this bitch hard holy shit that's what i should have sent with the caption just like it's your job to make it better (laughs) <laughs> you're mad at her yeah. just like when you're working in the office you're mad at people because your dick doesn't work <laughs> i'm on the road and you could the thought of you couldn't even make my dick budge <laughs> do better yeah do better so i but i also like all my buddies are all ex-athletes as well but they have they don't they aren't in a a vain line of work like we are so we have to yeah. we have to do maintenance we have to you know keep in touch or keep in in, in shape all that stuff and so i send <laughs> pictures yeah i send pictures of my bodies to my friends to be like what's up fellas like suck my dick i'm fucking look at how good i look as opposed to your water jug fucking jawlines your awful torsos and your shapeless tits so what i didn't realize i cropped it right so i had cropped it right below right where the v started like probably right as a few of the brushes were coming up Mm -hmm. and uh just enough that they could think they're a little bit you know yeah and they've we've all seen each other's dicks probably more than we've seen our wives naked like you know we grew up together we've known each other forever so i sent them the picture and i'm like that'll teach them and then I never got a response for like five minutes. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I went back to check to make sure the picture went through or that your I didn't. Your wife never responds, but because your friends don't respond for five minutes, you're like, guys. <laughs> I don't think my wife ever did respond and I never checked. <laughs> I just sent it and was like, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. And then your friends are like, not even LOL. Not even, no yeah. shit talking. Nobody, not even heart. What the hell, not fellas? Even a gif. Nobody's going to tell me I look good. <laughs> None of you. Meanwhile, your wife's just peacefully sleeping for hours. (laughs) So I went back to the chat to check on the picture to make sure it went through, to make sure I didn't send it to anybody else. And I noticed the live circle in the left corner, left upper corner. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I so I cropped it. But the live still remained active. I pulled up the picture, held it, and, you know, of course, at the end, my fucking stupid wrist got limp and it went down and you just see my awful clit. <laughs> That's what it was. It's, it's a stretched clit at best. And uh, I just, all at that moment, I was like, how do you undelete a picture? And then all of them started responding and they, they saw it. I was laughing like maybe they were side group chatting being like, is Mike good? Yeah, like, <laughs> trying like, to tell us something. I've seen Mike's dick, and it didn't look like that dick. What happened? Be like, should we still be friends with a dude <laughs> with a dick that gross? I might have. I might as well have been gold member and the victim of like a smelting accident. Like that's what that's what my privates looked like. Dicks are so funny because yeah, like they have such different phases mm-hmm. and. Like, you could be so proud of your dick one minute and then so disappointed in it the next. How do you stay so secure in it? I guess... White male confidence. They don't. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I have a bit about that. Like, in my my hour, Life Begins, I was saying that, like, if my dick was up for a yearbook superlative, it would win most versatile. (laughs) Because, Because it's exactly that. When I'm, like, when I'm ready to go, I'm, like, 
look at you, fella. You are ready for picture day. <laughs> and then when I'm, I <laughs> imagine, I'm so fascinated, like because women don't understand these things. Like the whole when I realized there was growers versus showers, yeah. like my mind was blown. When I first realized that you have to put a dick in your mouth, I, I couldn't fathom that, and I just. Yeah saw every single adult woman in my life the next five days envisioning that they had dicks in their mouth um <laughs> well vaginas don't change i mean i guess over time they do but it's not like as you're excited your lips don't like flop out and then when you're like not excited they don't suck in like a vacuum cord also, <laughs> exactly. also we don't like we forget we have vaginas they're just yeah. like sores in between our legs and did occasionally you say, wait, did you say sores <laughs> sorry i have an std right now i'm just kidding <laughs> they're open wounds okay yeah, they're yeah. open wounds that god was just like ah, i'll just leave it like that and for me to see inside my vagina i have to like get in a really weird gymnastic position mm -hmm. so like where guys i think you're just always like oh my dick's on the left side of my balls it's on the right side it's underneath it's small it's big you have this whole relationship that you know Okay, I'm jealous. Are you? But because it, it's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird thing to keep auditing throughout the day. Like it, it's nice. I I don't know life any other way. <laughs> but but it is like you know. I was working out with my wife the other day, and again, this is just oversharing with a person that is supposed to want to have sex with me. But we were doing this shadow boxing workout, and I was like, oh my god, look at this! My dick is like in my body, and I pulled out my dick, and it was like like a little <laughs> button, like a doorknob almost and i was just like how crazy is this and she's like what's going on and i was like all right sorry <laughs> forgot you weren't my friend <laughs> well speaking of friends girlfriends quarantine a lot of couples are breaking up because they're forced to actually get to know each other yeah. and spend time with each other and talk to each other how many years have you been married michael uh, i've been married it'll be four years september but i've been dating my wife like this time consistently since February 3rd, 2008. So two years or 12 years. Wow. Yeah. So I want to ask a couple of relationship questions. Okay. Um, We've been having sex since we were 15. Okay. Look at you bragging and shit. Look at both, you. Both of us. Both of us were 15. <laughs> <laughs> no, Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. I didn't just stumble on a hot high schooler and was like, oh, I could, <laughs> I could show her my baby dick and we could be all right. <laughs> also, isn't it hilarious? Like, First of all, I like that you still send each other funny nudes and stuff. Yeah. You, do you consciously try to keep things spicy? I think so. I think especially with a kid now, like mm. you almost have to. There's an effort that has to be put in. Do we go through like, you know, kind of the stretches where we're not sexy at all to each other? For sure. Especially, you know, in the early stages of the baby while she was still recovering and stuff like that. It was not about that at all it was all about functionality it was all about making sure this kid survives <laughs> his most <laughs> his most vulnerable time on earth so you know but once things started picking up then we were just like all right we 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 spoke about this before he came it, before our son got here so um let's let's put ourselves first let's put our relationship first we have to we have to continue to try for each other and how do you feel differently about her now that she's not only your sexy wife, but she's the mother of your new love of your life? Like, yeah. now that she has these motherly vibes, how has that changed your, like... I mean, that's... Um, yeah, it's such a deepening of the relationship. It's so crazy. Like, watching... I mean, the pregnancy in and of itself is a crazy thing, right? You're watching a person grow another person inside of them. They have every 
every weather system of emotions inside of their body happening simultaneously. So moods yeah. are shifting at the drop of a hat, which as a as a husband who has gone to therapy personally, I am try I was trying to be like an ever expanding container to try to be like, hey, I'm here for whatever Nicole shows up today. <laughs> I love every single one of them. Yeah, yeah, all of them. Each 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 version of you, I'm here for, sis. So maybe not. Because also, what people have to realize when hormones are speaking, like. We don't need problem solving. We just want to be heard. Right. If you just have to be, you know, a punching bag in that day. Yeah. And that's not, and I'm bad at that because I am such a douche that like when I hear a problem, I'm immediately like, okay, let's, let's try to figure this out. Let's go into advice <laughs> mode. But when the problem is like, you don't even know what's going on in my body, then I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I'll just sit back, relax and just be... <laughs> <laughs> just be the backstop to your pitching practice. I can't imagine because when I get my vagina waxed no. and I'm seeing a guy, I will get so angry at him during it. Like, does he even know the kind of pain that I'm going through for his th three minutes of sex of emotional pleasure for him? Mm -hmm. He's going to come in a fucking second. And I'm getting every single pore, like, torn out of my body for him. So I can't, and I will literally be mad at a guy for like three days after, and he's like, we good? And I'm like, I just can't talk to you right now. <laughs> I like, think that's okay. a reasonable reaction. Now, let me ask you this. Is the wax itself, so is that for the guy to be attracted to, or is that for the guy to have a better platter to eat from? It is, it's, it's a combination of a lot of things, okay. but inevitably it's not for me. Okay. And any girl that says, eh, this was for me, I want to be... No. No one puts themselves through that kind of pain. I'll If it's for me, like, I'll shave. I think I feel sexy in it, but I feel sexy while I'm with him. Sure. Do you think I'm shaving right now? You've <laughs> lost your damn mind. Yeah. No, I got a vacant lot between my legs right now. It's a wild... <laughs> Harry, see, there's a there's a fucking the, metal barrel no with a fire in the middle. No one can see their dick or their vagina right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a forest that is very scary. Um, but I would get that anger towards dudes. But I do feel hotter. Like I want it, but I still am blaming them because I wouldn't be in this position without them. Sure. So if I was having a fucking baby that was about to destroy my vagina, every time I looked at that guy, I'd be like, "How could you?" Yeah. You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife, to her credit. Like there wasn't a lot of that. Like she she had a pretty peaceful pregnancy as far as I've heard. Like some of my friends mm -hmm. have had, you know, when when they married somebody and then they got them pregnant and they're like, well, that's not the person I married. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not sign up for this. And and that to me would be really scary. But also that helps that I've known her since we were kids. Yes, so I've seen, seen every so version of her already. How How have you guys managed to change so much and still keep that special connection because a lot of people are like well you grow apart sure or did you guys really just like grow together i think i mean we've had our moments where we've grown apart which is why we've taken breaks over the years we've dated other people and all that stuff mm -hmm. but we've always we've kind of found found our way back but honestly this time together has been probably the most drastic personal changes of each of our lives because we basically restarted dating at 23 years old. We're now mm -hmm. 35 married with a kid. Think of yourself at 23 and then, you know, fast forward to what you would be like at 35 with a kid and it's a completely different person. I think the willingness 
so one you have to really really not only love the person but you have to really Mm -hmm. like them and you have to like everything that they that they stand for whether it's their faults their strengths anything like that all of it kind of has to amuse you and with that in mind you have to kind of make a personal commitment to them where it's like all right I want to spend time with this person for the rest of my life. I love I love who they are and and how they approach life and I love how I feel with them as my as my partner in this. So if I want this to continue, I understand that there's going to be ebbs and flows and negatives and positives and weird fights and and big, you know, celebrations. We have to remain communicative through this if we truly are committed to being together. So every like the people that are like you fall out of touch and you fall up and and you 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 know fall out of love it's like yeah you do but that's also your choice. Like I I, tr- I truly think that. You just fucking if you guys are listening take some fucking notes rewind what he just said. You just hit so many important things. Mm-hmm. When you said you have to like the person not just love them. I felt that in my core. <laughs> I feel like so it's so lo, who the fuck knows what love is? Like you fall you fall in love because like the guy, you know, what anyway, people fall in love so easily. I feel it's like it's an intoxicant. Act, yeah, love is like a fucking drug. Yeah. But do you actually like having a conversation with them for the rest of your life? Yeah. I love how my wife busts my balls. I love how she challenges me. I love how she supports me. It's all part of it like she's she is my best friend so with that in mind it's like i if if i can't communicate with her and make this relationship work then that's also a reflection of who i am as a person and that means that i've also stunted my growth and stopped so if i'm mm. stopping if i'm not trying i mean you know of course things could change she could completely fall out of love with me and just the communication could completely stop and we could break up and that that would be what it is but in terms of an active relationship it's the communication and talking ourselves through it and like you know understanding symptoms i think that's a big thing too that we've each learned in individual therapy where it's like i know what bothers me and why and what it reminds me of from my childhood and that it's a reflection on that more than it is on my wife's current behavior and that's why i have such deep-seated anger towards certain things so as soon as those triggers come up and i feel the temperature in my body raise and i know what i'm about to say and do if i can Mm -hmm. kind of immediately catch that understand it internalize it then communicate it with her and what i'm going through that typically extinguishes it pretty quickly Hell yes. Well, first of all, you've you've gone through the work on yourself to be able to do that. But it's also like being good at fighting is important because yeah. you're going to have ebbs and flows with people. But if you have the respect for each other, I'm speaking like I, I'm dead single because I haven't found this yet, but I'm manifesting right now. <laughs> 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 if, you, if you have a real care for someone and you understand yourself and like if you yelled at me and I go, I'm not going to get mad at him because I know it's because his dad used to do this to him as a kid and I did something that reminded him of that and I need it like it it becomes when people get selfish and not wanting to understand where people are coming from. One thing I did learn about reality TV is that there are three sides to every story. I used to just be like, I'm fucking right. Mm -hmm. And then I'd watch it and I'd hear their conversations and I'm like, holy shit. I totally get how their experiences in life have made them feel this type of way by what I did. Right. Would I have felt that way? No, but they are different than me. Um, But I just think it's so beautiful that you found someone since you were you've known her since you were 10. Yeah, we met on the blacktop of fifth grade at our school and we were lining up to take buses home. And then she like moved in next door like later that year. 
So she you was. We didn't. We didn't start as next door neighbors. We met. She was wearing a Charlotte's Hornet, Charlotte Hornets pullover starter jacket. I remember it specifically. Sick. Yeah, super Swag. sick. I wish we had that goddamn jacket today. <laughs> We'd both wear it. Um, and then uh, she moved in next door, and we became like best pals. She's really good. She's a really great athlete. We played basketball growing up together. Like we had. We've had. You know, several different lives together already, which yeah. is pretty crazy. I also, as me, as when I'm someone's girlfriend, like I, I love being their best friend. And also because I love sports, it's like, yeah, like I want to play golf with you or basketball with you. I want to feel so connected to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think it's, it sounds like you guys have found so many different things that you connect on. For in sure. Different ways. As well as um, I think it's important to find your individual shit, right? Like, so my wife and I, <clears throat> she's we've been together, obviously, before I even started doing comedy. And then yeah. for this last time like right before I kind of started, you know, February 2008, I was I was thinking about it and dabbling a little bit, but I didn't start doing stand-up until later in 2008, every single night, and she was with me through the entire process, and she was a fashion designer at the time, which she studied for in college, she's super talented, all that stuff, but the reality of fashion in a retail world is far less glamorous than, you know, Christian Siriano or whoever is is living their life when they're, you know, making Michelle Obama's dress. Has anyone ever been to the fashion district in New York City? It's sad. You blow your brains out. Yeah, it's it's just a bunch of fabrics it's and disgusting. sad Asians. <laughs> it's it's yeah, such it's a so weird area. And- dirty and just too many people oh i yeah. want to kill myself yeah so my wife like you know she, we never we never struggled with her supporting my stand up or anything like that but it became very clear that she needed her own stand up so she while she was a fashion designer started kind of hobbying in floral design and her and her her and one of the people that she worked with was like almost starting a thing where they were doing small deliveries and they did somebody's wedding like a friend and it turned out to be beautiful because they were heavily influenced by fashion and they just you know created this entirely new aesthetic and that now I think maybe five, six years later, is a full functioning company, Buds of Brooklyn. They do huge events for weddings. They do, you know, huge corporate events. They do personal stuff. Like Also, it's a very cute name, Buds of Brooklyn. It's really cute. And also, I found that once she had that, she became like whole. You know what I mean? Like, that was her stand-up. And it sounds like instead of her kind of having animosity that like, oh, we're putting so much time to his stuff, Mm -hmm. she just got inspired by you and built you up and was like... And now let's build myself up too. Yep. But that's not to say what's really important. Sorry to cut you off. What's really important is that like those conversations though, where it seems like they're jealous of what you got going on, those come up. The thing is, it's how you navigate the conversation because if you hear that and you're like, oh, fuck you, you're just jealous about what I got going on and I found this and you can't find that. And if you're immediately defensive about it instead of being like, well, hold on, where is this coming from? Why are you why are you upset about something that brings me so much joy? Let's figure out why that is and what we can do to make you whole on your end. Yes, and also I think when you love someone, like obviously I am a competitive person, but I find myself when I'm with a guy, if I find that he hasn't found his passion yet, I want him to find it as much as I have because it's like you're a part of me. And a lot of relationships haven't worked out because I've been with people who like just don't 
have their thing and i know deep down they want to find it but instead they just like drink all the time or yeah like, and then they support me but i'm like but i want to support you i want to be a, and we don't have to both be like so successful sure. it's just you want them to yeah like wake up and be proud of their own stuff and not get too invested in your life or down on their life right it doesn't matter the money aspect is almost irrelevant right so oh. it's, it's all pa it's all passion where it's like being passionate about something brings out the best version of yourself. It motivates 100%. you to become who you should be as opposed to like, listen, I love laying around and drinking just as much as anybody else. But yes. do I do I think I am the best version of myself when I do that? <laughs> no, I don't think anybody would say that. It's called balance. Also, yeah. I think it sounds you said one thing. You love how she busts your balls. Mm -hmm. And I always found like in relationships that really work the girl and the guy always have a very even power dynamic where one of them doesn't seem too like obsessed with the other. Right. Um, yeah. What is your power dynamic with her or how has it changed over the years? I, I think that's, that's pretty accurate. I mean, we've both had probably our time of being more obsessed with the other person than the other, but I think it's, it's like finding the balance. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm still wildly attracted to her. We still, you know, I still want to have sex as much as humanly possible with a baby. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a little more difficult, but we're still, we're still knocking it out a few times a week. So that, Hell yeah. that feels pretty good. But, um, I think <laughs> she, I don't, the, so Brendan Sagalow, who's another really funny comic, he, mm -hmm. he hears how we talk to each other and he like, he's almost frightened by it because it's like how I talk to him. You know what I mean? Like we were in the car FaceTiming with him once and Nicole and, you know, I'm like turning left and the blinkers on and Nicole's like, all right, turn left here. And I'm like, that's why the blinkers on. And, Bren <laughs> and Brendan on FaceTime was like, all right, I'm going to get going. I'm like, oh, you don't understand. That is how he talks. <laughs> okay, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this reminds me of my parents, so I'm going to hang up. <laughs> I love him so much. I have this weird thing where, like, when I'm around him, I'm like, "Do I want to have sex with Brendan Sagalow?" I think you might. I just, I just love him. Like, I just want to hold him, mm -hmm. and and I think he's so funny. Um. So anyway, stay tuned for that. <laughs> I think a lot of women want to have sex with Brendan Sagalow, and they're confused by it. Yeah, because <laughs> he's so sweet, so funny, so cool. Anyway, this and I, he, I freak him out because I will overtly flirt with him. Yeah. I'll be like, "Hey, I have a crush on you," and he's like, "Are you making fun of me?" And I'm like, "No, I have a crush on you." And well, he's, he's like, like, "I'll fucking put on a move if you keep saying this shit." <laughs> or, or we've had awkward interactions after like a show where he'll he'll be like, "You want a drink?" And I'm like, "Do you want a drink?" And he's like. Actually, I don't know if I want to drink anymore. I'm like, you just can't commit to it. I'm like, shoot your shot, buddy. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Um, well, if anyway. that's, that's the lesson here. <laughs> so you've done a lot of work on yourself. Mm -hmm. Mushrooms. Have, yes. <laughs> yes. I want to get a little darker into that dark space in your head that you go to. Sure. Um, what is your way of sabotaging yourself, whether it's in relationship, career? What's your bad habit of sabotage? Um, I have I have anger stuff. So I can I can let anger cloud productivity where I can get mm -hmm. kind of wrapped up in in a little bit of resentment or or in anger or like even now, you know, I'm making these this could be self-sabotage, but I don't know. I, I've I've had a long like, you know, how Ellen DeGeneres, all of that stuff is kind of coming out about how she's a monster. 
yeah. behind the scenes. So yeah. I... It's the best con of, of the world. It's crazy. And it's long been... It's like... It, it's obviously not Harvey Weinstein level because she hasn't fucking assaulted anybody as far as yeah. we know. I mean, she's clearly emotionally abusing people. I heard recently, now that's being talked about, I'm such a New Yorker, mm-hmm. but when my LA friends said, yeah, it's a saying, when you move to New York, there's bad traffic... It's really hard to make it big, and Ellen DeGeneres is a bitch. <laughs> like, that's just what you learn. It's crazy, man. It, like you know, and and I trust me. Part of me understands that she probably had to be a certain way to elevate herself within a male-dominated yeah. industry. She's almost like a Hillary Clinton in that sort of way. She's dealt with so much hate and I, not being accepted. I totally understand that. However, once you become elevated, there's no reason to be a personal asshole to the people that work with you, right? <laughs> so, and and I know people that have worked for her and all of the stories are corroborated. Like, she's just, she's just a nightmare. She's like how Letterman was in the latter years where it's like, nobody look at her, get the fuck out of the hall if he's walking down, like all that. All that kind of stuff. She's not paying her staff. Dur- and she dur- has the nerve to end her shows telling everyone to be nice yeah. or be kind. And it made me realize, do you know those people on Instagram or Facebook that go on these weird rants about like about like being your best self yep. and being so nice and like they post all these weird ass quotes of positivity? Yeah. They're always the biggest fucking assholes. They are. Those people. Yep. It's also the people that show the most public love on uh, yep. <laughs> on Facebook where they're like posting to each other's walls or whatever. You know, I don't even know if that's still a thing on Facebook, but they're well, just all the openly... friends who were constantly like, my best friend, my best friend. I'm like, you guys fucking hate each other. Yep. Everyone who posts their relationships are clearly overcompensating because they don't fuck anymore. Yeah. Like it's psych 101. But yeah, what were you saying about Ellen? So uh, so you... with that in mind, with all this stuff, I decided to make like some ridiculous heightened Ellen videos where I I bleached my hair, so I became Ellen. I didn't try for the impression. I still had my beard. I was just <laughs> being an Illuminati lizard version of Ellen where I was using Portia's face as a bidet. I was like, like it's just like, it's just saying horrible stuff, but like, I got so into the character that I just made four of them, and I'm like, well, that's a bit of self-sabotage right there. Like, I'm I'm just attacking a wildly powerful woman in Hollywood for no real reason. She is a comedian, so my hope is that if she were to watch it, she'd laugh. She wouldn't. <laughs> and, and it's just like, why am I... Like, all of my famous friends are liking the videos and never sharing it, which I totally get it, which is why they're famous. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, taking shots at old fucking LED for no reason. it's also like in quarantine i find myself like i have a big mouth in general i've said a lot of things that have gotten me in trouble in the past Mm -hmm. and you just when you're in it like you don't care you're like i'll own my shit i can do it but you know in a second if it came out like if someone was like you need to take that down ellen's upset you'd be like oh my god i'm so sorry (laughs) yeah uh, anything for you (laughs) let's dance together it was a mistake someone (laughs) took over my instagram (laughs) i was gonna ask (laughs) somebody took over my instagram and my body to film it My wife drugged me. Um, so not again. I felt like I don't have a lot of dads on here because not a lot of people have their shit together enough. Sure. But um, when I saw you dyed your hair, I was about to be like, "Are you good?" Because that's like a telltale sign that you're losing it. Yeah. But I love that it was for a bit. Well, also it was like it was like a day into quarantine. <laughs> like I didn't. Yeah, it was pretty early on, and I was like, "Wow, Mike, <laughs> he's having a rough go at it with staying home with his kid." <laughs> It was it was more or less like all right I don't have to be on stage in front of people for a while so let's take some chances who gives a You're shit You're so right cuz if you change your image too much you like have to 
have bits about it. You have to like call it out. Yeah. Like, what's Stavros with his tooth? He just like has no tooth now. It's great. He wrote like 15 minutes about it, which is hysterical. Yeah. You also were giving me like a little bit of like hot Eminem vibes. Oh, so, like, I'll take I was it. into it. Did you did you go pink too? I did. Point? Yeah. I went blonde first, like a little little rusty blonde, and then yeah. I then I did pink, which immediately made me feel like I had festival head. So I created <laughs> my own festival with a character named Cramen, which makes no sense. And I then I dyed with a it. K. No, with a C. Okay, <laughs> I, was, yeah, it was, it, I it wanted was, to know. I mean, if I put thought into it, then it would be with a K. <laughs> but I just didn't. I just do things sometimes. So I did that. It made no sense. I bleached it back to blonde. Then I pretended to be Milo Yiannopoulos Metropolis Jesse Katsopoulos. <laughs> like I did a video about that. Then, you know, Ellen found me. It was like there was no direction or point to any of it. When you were young, like in your teen years, would you like do a lot of impressions or you just shit on your friends a lot? Yeah. I mean, I was always I was like the funny, empathetic athlete, which sounds, you know, almost like an oxymoron. But I was one of those guys. Same. Oh, really? I was friends with everybody in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was too. I was sensitive deep, deep down. Mm -hmm. But on the outside, I was friends with everyone because I think as like comedians, they who told me this Andrew Santino told me this once he said there's two kind of comedians athletes who just like love going up and challenging themselves and addicts yeah I got that <laughs> but <too>. also <laughs> if you're too dumb of an athlete and you don't have empathy you don't have enough of the like observation and like emotional intelligence to be a stand-up yeah because I was I was bullied like early in my life when I grew up around all older boys and I was always just dominated which is both how I became an athlete and how I became self-aware and empathetic. So it's like I got really good at sports, but then I also understand what it's like to be shit on. So I was I was really nice to all the kids like in my high school. I didn't really bully. I you know, I, I'm sure I said some pretty shitty things to people at some point that I have no recollection of, but to <laughs> me actively I never was like trying to oppress anybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you deal with anxiety as a kid? Um or do you deal with anxiety? I, I deal with like hardcore anxiety and depression now. Um, I think I've always been sensitive to the point of and dealt with depression a little bit in my youth, but that kind of came to a head early in my twenties. So, mm. which I think is when kind of mental illness takes its full form. Twenties are the worst because you like don't understand what's happening and your brain is starting to get fully formed so the wires are all like fucking getting zapped up yeah and you're not secure in yourself so you're like i don't know who i am Mm -hmm. i have all this pressure suddenly and my brain is like just becoming a thing that my parent that and my parents got a divorce after 25 years of marriage a bunch of my friends started dying uh like a bunch and my dog died which you know that's the less of less of everything but and then my or you could say the most right <laughs> and then my grandfather who was basically my real dad like he's the one that instilled all of my man lessons in me and like was really there for me and supportive for me he died as well so while i was going through all this shit i was kind of like struggling with depression and anxiety and kind of coming coming to the realization that I may have dealt with this but in a weirder way when I was younger and it might may not have surfaced correctly and I had a history of family mental illness that I was never told about until I was almost 30 years old oh my god it's so funny the same way yeah I found out recently that I have people in my family who deal with very bad anxiety and depression Mm. at the time I just thought they like love to clean (laughs) 
<laughs> they're just love Adderall. <laughs> yeah, like I this could have prevent me like so much self hate. Yeah, and so much doubt if I just knew like oh this is what my family deals with. Yeah. Um. Also, the thing of like people dying and then like the pet dying honestly is just like a unnecessary evil that mm. will happen on top of it. You feel such a loss of control that it's like anxiety is you trying to get control of the future but you can't yeah i also think because you were in new york city too like 9-11 took such a bad hit on me mm -hmm. and i was younger than you so you were more aware of what was going on i think we all didn't cope with that shit we all were no. like we're strong move on and then it was weird woo! too i thought my dad worked in the twin towers because he worked there when the first bombing happened in the oh, early wow. 90s and uh, I didn't know, like, so I were I lived right outside in Rockland. I'm from the city. I was born in Manhattan, and my parents mm -hmm. lived in Manhattan for a long time with my older sister. And then we moved to the outskirts. Uh, so I grew up predominantly in the suburbs, but my father still commuted every single day. So when 9/11 happened, I was in I was in maybe sophomore year. I think so. Yeah, 01. sophomore year art class. Mrs. Hand, which. Uh, Best believe I made jerk off jokes relentlessly in that class. <laughs> um, she she I, hated me. Yeah, I remember hearing what happened and just being like, "Does my dad work in those fucking buildings?" So it was like yeah. one of those things where I I just didn't know if he was alive, dead, or anything like that. And yeah, I think I think that's probably right that I didn't necessarily process <laughs> that as best as I could have. Yeah, I think so many New Yorkers we go to therapy and we're talking about all this stuff, and they're like, "How was nine eleven?" And you're like. Oh, that's blocked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't go there. Yeah. We don't talk about that. Was that. <laughs> that was nothing. Yeah. That was nothing. That um, was nothing. I want to finish with a final game. Okay. Just to get you know, get to know you a little more. Now that we're getting a little darker. Um, it's time to play the seven deadly sins. Sweet. Are you ready? I am. Seven deadly sins. What are you greedy about? Um... I mean a lot of things, I guess. <laughs> Comedy. I think I think I think most of my negative feel it, it, my negative attributes now kind of circle around comedy and my insecurity about my position in comedy because I find that I'm I'm pretty skilled and talented and it's grown it's gotten to a point now where I'm like proud of what I'm able to do. And so I mm -hmm. think I'm I'm greedy in terms of what I think I what I think I deserve and not not what I think I'm owed but what I think like you know my my ability has earned me yeah and in the entertainment business it's really hard because inevitably it's not like a sport where like if you're better than someone you just beat them and you get the W yeah in comedy there's so many different politics and mm -hmm. social media shit and people are getting things and then once you feel like you've gotten to the point where you deserve the things other people are getting and you don't it's a it's a bitch. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to cope with, but I'm glad that I went through through therapy because it's helping me. You know, it, it's yeah. it's giving me the tools to kind of, you know, first of all, I'm not entitled to anything. So yeah. all of my all of my feelings of like, well, that should be mine and that it's like, well, no. Nobody this. asked you to do this. I got into it because I love it. It's my favorite thing that I've ever done. So it's like everything else, I'm making a living. Like I it's crazy that I'm that Hell I'm yeah. able to float a family right now still without touring. I'm still able to pay for my family with everything that I have coming in from comedy. So that to me is like it's it's pretty amazing. I think I'm probably greedy about about that stuff and then like attention. Or I used to be worse with attention because 
even socially, I'd be like, you know, trying to get people shit and parties and like telling stories and all that stuff. <laughs> but now I'm like, now I'm kind of like quiet. Okay. So many comics are like that in The Hang. I'm probably guilty of it sometimes. Mm. But we're like, I would be with someone who's like clearly the headliner, like clearly so funny and like has all the respect. But in the green room, they have to constantly remind everyone that like they're the funniest. And it's like, <laughs> we get it. Yeah, yeah. You're opening for you. We get it. You're the funniest. We get it. <laughs> um, how did you get yourself to like have the confidence to be like, you know what? I don't need to be like doing a bazillion jokes in this room to show everyone that I'm funny. I think it just happened. Like honestly, like I th- I think within the last <laughs> <laughs> within the last 2 years, I th- I think getting getting into the cellar, which I think that was probably a big like almost an affirmation piece, you know, because if in industry affirmation is all well and good and that's mm-hmm. you know, it it could mean many different things. It doesn't even have to mean that you're good. It could mean that you look a certain way or you're you fit fit in with a project or, you know, whatever. It's it's just different intangibles that you could offer that make you that make you fit. But for me, getting into a club that I've always revered and being co-signed by comedians that I've always looked up to and they're telling me that, "Hey man, you you can hang. You you can do this with us. You can be on shows with us." That to me was almost like a Oh, okay. So now I can start becoming myself a little more on stage. And honestly, the growth I've made as a stand-up in the last two years is fucking gnarly. Like it's both of my hours are up on YouTube, by the way. So I think it just I think it just kicked in is up there. And that's my first one. And that's before I started working at the cellar. And then Life Begins is up there. And if you watch you know, it's still the same idiot saying the same jokes with an over-enunciated voice. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it to me, there is so many differences in how I like, in how I carry myself, and how I'm, and how I sit in the material, and like, you know, it might not be even observable to anybody else, but to me, it is. And you don't mind having that old one up that is like slightly different. No, because it's a sign comic. of growth, right? Yeah, I mean, I have old. I like pod- that because perfectionists would be like, "I can't have that out there. I can't have people judge me." No, you said something that I relate to very heavily in our in our podcast, Irish Goodbye, where you were like, mm-hmm. "I like having moments where I don't look great out there because it's almost a pillar of growth, right? It, it's yeah. a it's a sign where it's like, "Hey, I'm an ever evolving person, and if you think I'm going to be pristine right out the box, you're a fucking liar. You're a phony liar. All of this, like." You know, all all of what's going on on social media where people are trying to out everybody else for, you know, thoughts that maybe everybody has had or, or fuck ups that maybe everybody has had, but they want to find what you did and they want to ruin your life. And it's like, are we all running for president? Are we all <laughs> hoping that we're not going to grow? We're all trying to main, remain perfect, stagnant at the same level. It's like I have an old conspiracy podcast where the podcast itself is so gnarly, but I kept it up. And there's episodes where I'm blacked out screaming at my co-host, screaming. And it's so embarrassing, but it's like, no, that's what I was when I was 24 years old. Also, when I agreed to do a reality TV show, it's you. Like, people are judging you as a person yeah. and your character. And I, I, one of the producers says something that really, like, stuck with me. And he's like, people are watching you make mistakes and how you recover from them. Yes. So I don't go in trying to be like, hey, look at me. I'm just killing the game. I'm right. like, what mistakes am I going to make this summer? And how is Hannah Burner uniquely going to try to overcome them? Right. And also, I think I think the death of comedy, to me, is mm-hmm. two things. It's trying to be cool, and it's trying to be right. 
both of those things to me are so anti-comedy it sucks and everybody out there is trying to be there you know they're they're aiming for clapter they want to get they want to be that morally correct comedian up there that is driving a point home to that you can walk home and be like man that person is smart and it's like no i'd actually rather say the wrong thing and make you laugh and be like that idiot and it's like yeah that's what you paid for that's what you paid for, to laugh at that idiot. Not some fucking ass on a soapbox saying why we all should have the same rights. <laughs> it's like that stuff is, I mean, yeah, it's correct, yeah, but like get that at home. We're supposed to be observant and make fun of and say things that other people are f- afraid to say. Mm-hmm. So it's so funny when people will laugh and then be like, but that's not okay. And I'm like, that's why you laughed. Right. Because it's not okay because other people would be scared to say it yep my favorite kind of joke is one that sprays the whole room where it's almost like a street sweeper you're taking fucking everybody out right so i have a joke on my thing which like has done really well on tiktok which is hilarious but it's 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 about uh, gender reveal parties and how they're anti-woke and how my wife and I, we didn't do the puff of blue smoke or the puff of pink smoke. Instead, we gathered family around, shot everyone with a water gun and said, gender is a spectrum, you judgmental pieces of shit. And it's like, <laughs> and it like, it makes fun of everyone. It makes yeah. fun of, it makes fun of the woke. It makes fun of the gender reveals. It makes fun of anti-woke. It's, it's accepting. It's unaccepting. Mm-hmm. It's all of it. And the people commenting are like, I don't know if he's mocking or not. And they're arguing with each other on whether or not I'm mocking. And it's like, is he serious? And it's like, first of all, I'm doing jokes at a comedy club. That'll be a, that, that's a That's a context for you right now to understand whether or not I'm joking. Second of all, it's like, why does that matter? Yeah, people want to put everyone in a box and define everyone. So I that takes that's like a great joke when it's like you're not just being like, aren't those types of people the worst? Right. It's like, no, you just when you thought you were safe, I'm coming at you, too. Yeah. Yeah. And And I like embodying the worst. Yeah. Because I want to put it on me. I don't like calling everybody the worst. That's really easy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of comedians with leather jackets smoking cigarettes being like, and I'll tell you what's wrong with them. It's like, who gives a shit? It's like, I might as well embody those awful traits because I do. (laughs) Like, I have those moments. Then they see themselves in you and they're like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. Right. And yeah, and it's easier for them to fathom. But I think all those comments under your page is great because it's like it's making people think. Yeah. It's making people talk. It's a reaction. um, (laughs) <laughs> Your last video is so funny on Instagram where you you did that exactly where you pretended to be just like... Oh, where I said liberate the states. and <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I know people even on that are like, is this guy kidding? Like, well, I hope you're being ironic. And it's like... I'm switching like accents four times and I have Does it ever get you mad the people who follow you? You're like can you just not support my work anymore? Yeah. Cause it you makes don't get it. it honestly makes me sad more than anything else it makes me not want to put out anything ever again it's just like man some of you are so fucking dumb i can't believe that i'm wasting my time caring about entertaining you (laughs) (laughs) it's like you're not even worth these ideas i did this just funny tiktok video very simple Mm -hmm. of this hot guy who's like 19 and me with my eyes closed because it's like if i'm gonna be feel uncomfortable watching these guys i want everyone who's following me to be uncomfortable yes. watching these young hot men and there's a whole thread of people being like this is so fucked up like if a guy posted this like you are you are being so, like a pedophile all right. this stuff and i'm like 
you got the joke. Good job. Now let's. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, good. You understood it. (laughs) You understood the overall concept. Um, uh, People are painful online. Yeah. That's why it's like we're not, especially when quarantine, we're not in comedy clubs. We're people are the eyes on our videos are from all kinds of people. Yeah. That also bums me out, though, because, you know, you find out that like what one percent of the country is actually on Twitter. And so doing stand-up gives you an outlet to real people, right? It kind of lets you know what's out there without stand-up. Now my only audience is online, so I almost am, am, am like, what is it called? I'm, I'm like hypnotized into thinking this is how people are. Are reacting to you. Yeah, and it's yeah. not. Yeah, it, with Summer House, there, there'll be like a, a weird scene where maybe I didn't come off great, and then... Yeah, you get a mean comment, but what's fucked up with Twitter is like, I'll get a thousand of the same comment, like, you were a mean girl. And when you get one, you're like, okay, a thousand people call you a mean girl, you're like, the whole world hates me. <laughs> yeah. When literally most people don't even have a Twitter. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Like, I mean, the the vast, vast majority of humans are not on Twitter. But then we're loving the opinions of these like psychotic people that are on Twitter with no friends, no Mm -hmm. followers, just to talk shit. And we're taking their stuff to heart like it's like a well-respected human. Yeah. I mean, comedians are like, you know, I I shouldn't paint with a broad brush, but me personally, I'm mentally ill. Now I'm putting out (laughs) videos. I'm putting out videos to a pool of saturated mentally ill people. And I'm expecting some sort of nuanced conversation. Like, what the fuck is my problem? Also, how does your wife's mental illness um, work with your mental illness? Is it compatible? Mm. It is. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's that's part of the recipe to a successful relationship. Right. Is like finding somebody who your puzzle fits. It's it's she's got some other shit that she's like, you know, she she grew up similarly in a chaotic household where there was a lot of fighting. She responded to it way differently than I did. I responded to it by like tap dancing and doing the fucking, you know, Michael Jackson dance in front of company. So they'd laugh and forget that my parents were in each other's face. And my Mm -hmm. my wife kind of retreated and she went into her own thing and drew and became an artist and all that stuff. So we as long as you're as long as you're open and honest about what you've both have went through and how you both have uh, have grown personality Hopefully. traits and coped in response yeah. to those things, then I feel like you can you can kind of fit with anybody. Yeah, it sounds like she might teach you to like relax a little and not have to like show off all the time. Yeah. And you're teaching her that like you can laugh stuff off and stop taking everything so seriously. Of course. Oh, yeah, beautiful. she she I mean she tries to take me off social media as much as possible, but I was like, "Honey, it's all I got right now unless you want to <laughs> unless you want me reciting fucking Ellen bits in your face." for an entire day be like believe me this let me let it out here <laughs> yeah so yeah. many comics you can tell like who like really needs the attention all the time and they're just going on live no plan no, no nothing just themselves being like hey <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> i need this i know i did a i did an instagram live where i like was breaking down a poker tournament i was playing <laughs> and i did it intentionally i was like this is gonna be boring for all of you. I was like, if you're really into poker, I used to play for a living. So I was like, if you're really into poker, oh, cool. this will be cool. And I'll kind of break down hands and talk about table position and statistics and like. Well, that's niche and has a purpose. Right. But that. then drunk Jared Freed came onto the show and was like, 
this is what a fucking Instagram live is. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for you. And I was like, you should be. And honestly, I should be embarrassed and I hate this entire thing. And of course, with him came his hundreds of fans. And it was like it was like me and 18 people before that. And then 350 people were like, wait, Jared's in on something. And I'm like, God damn it. This is a and poker he just tournament. goes on to shit on you. He's like, are you okay? What the hell is this? Also, I went on Rory Scovel. Oh, he's has the been best. Doing, I love him so much. And he's doing... Like recapping the like 1984 Masters golf tournament, <laughs> he found the most boring possible thing, and he's like, "This guy over here, look at that," and it's it's almost I think at the point where they're laughing at themselves while yeah. people the, they're like laughing at the people watching it. Like, are you really fucking watching this right now? Yeah, <laughs> you guys are hilarious. <laughs> it's super meta. Um, next question. That was a long one. That was, um, <laughs> that was one question. <laughs> We have ADD. Oh, yeah. um, who are you envious of? Um, friends with success, for sure. It's like people that have broken before me. Like you know, and and envious. I have I have ugly envy for sure. But then I'm kind of I, I quickly try to remind myself that it's all love and support. Like I'm truly. I'm truly happy for my friends that do well. And then the ugly part of me, kind of like gets into like well why why can't you have that you know Fe- let's let's do it feeny right uh feeny had that viral video you get get a couple million views and like he has always been below me in terms of followers and then mm-hmm. he shot the fuck past me because of this one video all of his stand up videos started picking up things and my stand up videos have been throttled by instagram because a few people complained about offensive jokes so not only not only is his, his stuff taking off but then i see my stuff being like completely tamped down and in my head i can and and heart and body i can feel the poison you know what i mean yep. i can feel it start to it's take over my body feeling. it's like, the you don't worst want to feel it it's the worst and and i can like i could really get into it for a minute and just be like what the fuck and get really pissed and start taking yeah. it out on everybody around me but then i have to like <laughs> just kick your cat <laughs> yeah yeah just punt my feline over the house uh you know which i did but for a different reason and uh <laughs> that made sense <laughs> yeah yeah but th- but that's like that's a thing that i that i struggle with daily and yeah. one of my earliest friends in stand up de stefano chris de stefano one of my best buds he took off really early and it's like i'm so so happy and proud of him and then part of me is like all right like you know hopefully my thing comes like this is getting really frustrating what the fuck and you know it's all been there's been false starts of like i was an mtv guy i had all these mtv projects lined up i was on mtv shows i had pilots and then they got fucking wiped from the slate and it's start mm-hmm. the fuck back over then i had all this build up on other stuff and then it's wipe the fuck out start back over so it's like i'm constantly battling in my head of like if and when that moment is ever going to come. And it's just yeah. something I have to push out entirely and focus on creating because that is how you can stunt everything. You can. Oh, you're so right. Because in the time that you're constantly thinking about results, you won't be making the quality videos to even get you to that result yeah. or the quality um, writing. I, it's funny because when Feeney came on my podcast, we talked about the same thing. And we, I was talking about how I see it as like popcorn that like, even though popcorn all has the same heat, Mm-hmm. It still pops at different times. Yeah, totally. And uh, and I just like food metaphors in general. <laughs> and also he became <laughs> moderately popular on Instagram due to popcorn. <laughs> yes. Also, no, I saw Feeny. I was like, 
Didn't know Feeny's viral on TikTok. Like Feeny's huge on TikTok, mm. but also Feeny's put in so much work creating these videos, and I think he also was such a like almost underrated comic for so long. Totally, yeah. In terms of social media, yeah, he was always putting out great videos. So like, yeah, it's part of it where it's like. Also, deep down, what I've learned, because I have a lot of friends that are like have a lot of social media following, it's like the bigger they get, the better it's going to be for me at the end of the day. The more like I give them love and they give me love. I mean, girls got to eat like they've been so amazing to I mean, both of us. Yeah, totally. Because there's it's this idea of like abundance that like the better they do, like first of all, I just like bragging that I'm friends with them. Yeah. And I think they're fucking awesome. Oh, well, my friend, my wife's business partner, Connie, who owns uh-huh. Buds of Brooklyn with my wife, is a huge uh-huh. fan of you, huge fan of Summer House. So the simple Aww. fact that I'm on this show, she was like, oh my God, I can't believe you're going to be talking to Hannah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And I get to brag now. I wasn't now. expecting that accent. Oh, no, nobody is. Also, for all my f- comic friends, like, shit on me when, like, they have a family member who, like, loves Summer House. They're like, why don't you send a, f- a video to them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, personal cameo now. <laughs> They're like, I've been doing comedy for 25 years, and they never asked me for a video. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something you got to learn also is your family, while they're going to support you, you're never yeah. going to be their favorite comedian <laughs> ever. And that's fine. It's just they can't love you on that level because comedy is about surprise and it's about the mystery and not knowing exactly who the person is, right? So it's like my family, while they think I'm hilarious and like what I do, Nicole's favorite comic, I think, is Brendan Sagalow. (laughs) Like She she doesn't like my shit as much. That's so funny because clearly you've gone to therapy and worked through that because that was a very well said, (laughs) like, logical response to that. I mean, trust me, I've been shadow boxing about it for months, but... <laughs> but she's giggling. You're like, oh, you saw my last video, and she's like, no, Brendan just yeah. posted. No, Brendan's story. video that he got 250 <laughs> views on. It's it, it should be it should be the best. I will like repost Brendan's videos. <laughs> I'm Loki, Brendan's biggest fan, and he like doesn't know how to deal with me. He won't even respond to me sometimes. But anyway, maybe he wants a restraining order. It's all good. I'm just living my truth. Hell yeah. I'm living my truth. He I just tell he's such a nice fucking guy and I gravitate actually I don't gravitate towards nice guys. Anyway <laughs> He's super um, nice and he's also insanely talented. Like super, super funny. Not enough not enough credit same. goes his way in a serious way and I trash him a lot on every podcast that I ever go on. But I think <laughs> I tell I, everyone he's shit. Yeah. He's dog shit. But he's, comes out he's one of my favorite comedians as well. He's fucking hilarious. It's also like he has this likability to him that you can't teach. Yeah. Where yeah, like yeah. when you when someone goes on stage, I think immediately in five seconds you either hate him or like him. Mm-hmm. It's like reality TV. Like people either like me or hate me. I can't. It doesn't really. Yeah. Your what put, I do doesn't affect it. You're put through the filter of everything they've experienced. So you might yes. look like a chick they hate. That you might behave like somebody that fucked them over. Like all that stuff is like little subconscious shit that they're also processing you with. Yes, and you'll go crazy if you try to fucking manipulate every situation yeah. to be what that person wants. Totally. Um, what are you gluttonous about? So like, what do you overindulge in? Um, food. <laughs> what's your go-to i mean lately in quarantine so i used to i haven't drank in like 16 months and i love drinking i mean my podcast was built on on alcohol yeah, pretty much Irish. yeah and uh i i love having a good time i definitely i'm like a one drink is too much 10 is not enough type <laughs> of guy so like i can't one drink i don't see the point in it i find it completely I'm the same way i never order 
alcohol with food. I'm like, I want to enjoy this meal. Mm-hmm. If you want to get fucked up, we'll talk about that. That's yeah. a whole different game plan. Totally. Do you and Feeney still drink? Uh, Feeney does. Feeney drinks. I don't at the time. Like, I, I don't have any plans for what's going to become of my drinking. I just yeah. I just initially did it in solidarity with my wife while she was pregnant. And then now I kind of like being thin and not hungover. Good for you. No, yeah, you look good. I appreciate um, it. What was your go-to drink of choice? Uh, alcohol. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, mostly it, towards the end, it was like, it was classic bender drinking shit. Like I would have vodka soda, splash of orange or something mm-hmm. like that. Like anything to kind of like really get you through the day. <laughs> what was your, now that I'm like being nostalgic, what was your favorite comedy club to afterwards just get hammered? After New York like- Comedy Club. New York Comedy Club. I've been blackout drunk at that place. So like I, I, by the time I got in at the cellar, I kind of knew I didn't want to do that there. Like I was like, oh, I don't want to show this version of me for a really long time. But New York Comedy Club, I was like judging roast battle for free. The way they would pay me is with endless drinks. And I'd be like shit face screaming at some young comic about why he stinks or how he's ugly. <laughs> and that was super fun, especially with Yamanika. Yamanika Saunders and I used to be the oh house judges. God. And we'd oh take... We'd take 150 milligrams of THC, so we'd eat edibles, and then drink 48 drinks and would be like on the moon screaming at open micers. I remember what the people said in their roast. I, I didn't. I wrote like, it down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like her face. Yeah. I don't like her face. I don't like it next. <laughs> I'm actually judging roast battle over Zoom on Thursday. Oh, nice. That'll be fun. Is that with New York? That's from New York. Nice. Um, I think I'm doing I, that later in the month. But now without drinking, I'm like eating a ton of sugar and shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm, I'm just pounding down Sour Patch Kids. I'm eating Cinnamon Toast Ooh. Crunch cereal every single night. That's the thing. You can't have that in the house. I know. But now I'm staying at my in-laws. So they, they like they shop like we're, you know, 14. It's the yeah. fucking best. Yeah, if if the grandparents got it, it doesn't count. The calories yeah. don't count. If your grandma's giving you cake, hell yeah, it's just love. <laughs> when was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? So anger. I mean, you know, uh, today, earlier today, <laughs> earlier today. It's when, only noon. <laughs> I know, but my my pandemic unemployment hasn't come in. Like, so it came in one week. Which was weird. Like the the unemployment situation has been such a fucking nightmare. And, uh, you know, called, did the whole thing for weeks, haven't reached anybody. Then they came up with the, you know, we'll we'll reach out to you. Then they don't tell you that, you you know, because I'm a gig worker, I didn't necessarily, you know, make it for unemployment, but I got pandemic unemployment. Then that payment came in one week and then not the next and then not the next. It's like, it's so frustrating that I wake up and I'm like, I- I'm I'm ready to fist fight John government. Like the guy that I want to beat the fuck out of doesn't exist, but I want punching him to. dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just crumpling up bills and fist fighting them in the front George yard. George Washington, you <laughs> fucking dickhead. And then pressing them right after because I'm like, I need these. I need these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that, that, that's going to be important. I think that also like I don't fucking call people on the phone. Like when I first had to start calling for my own doctor's appointments, like it's the worst thing ever. Like I tried to call Chase the other day and it was like, there's a five minute wait. And I was like, can't do it. Yeah. No, I'm out. out. Yeah. I wish there was a task rabbit for that. Oh, yeah. When was the last time you were a sloth? So like you didn't do anything all day? Um, Probably before my kid was born. To be honest, you know, I mean, well, maybe in the first weeks or something like that, because in the first weeks when you're home, you're just kind of like 
holding a hot water bag. Like it's just <laughs> it's just a human that's just kind of on you and you gotta feed him, you gotta change him. Just and a that's, cute sausage. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So I watched so many movies and but I was out at night and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah probably or like maybe in his second week of life. As someone who like let's say I'm pretty lazy, I feel like is it like when you have a baby, you get this new motivation because it's someone you love for so much to get out of bed? Like, I can't get out of bed before noon right now, but it's like, I feel like if I had a baby, this motherly instinct would come over me. Yeah. Have you you'd, found that you've had that? Yeah, you'd have to. It doesn't mean that you like it. You yeah. know, it's not like this new motivation where you're like, you know, it's Snow White and you open the window <laughs> and birds fly out. And you're like, I'm a dad and I'm going to tackle the day. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like no, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm tired, but I know I have to keep this person alive. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, when was the last time you let your pride get in the way of something? So like your ego. Oh, that's that's also all the time. I mean, I haven't done <laughs> I haven't done mushrooms in a while, so I haven't shattered my ego. <laughs> I I told my wife I was like, listen, you know, I I started getting so down about some of the Instagram stuff about being throttled, about feeling helpless, like I couldn't, you know, it, I did this I did this weird. Uh, almost test with the comedy seller where I put out a video about me. It's a story about me being bit by a Marine dog and it's the closing mm -hmm. bit to my special life begins. And I put it on mine and it got a, it got a bunch of comments. It was shared a few times and all that stuff. And it got like 2,500 views where all of my videos used to get six figures all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, comedy seller, can you post this for me? I just want to see if like the shares go up, if like whatever, like I just want to kind of compare it to what my traffic is doing. And immediately on theirs, it has over well over 100,000 views. And like, so while that's great, it also frustrated me by feeling like, do you like, think you're shadow banned? I, I guess like, you know, I don't know. I, I almost hate saying that because I don't find myself important enough to shadow ban. But I just think <laughs> I just think that I'm not I think like you're shadow banned because I think it's yeah. something technical with the algorithm that is causing people to not find you or yeah. be able to share your stuff. It's a shadow ban thing. I look into shadow banning because there are like there might be a certain amount of time you have to wait just so you feel more in control of it. But it just right. it fucking sucks. It fucking sucks. Yeah. I mean, I got my agent on it. She's now in in communication with <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. But, you know, who the fuck knows? It's just it. it it doesn't matter. It's the most boring problem of all time. Who gives a shit? But it's one of those yeah. things where you feel so self, so like uncapable. Like you just feel, yeah. I just feel like, what the fuck is going on? And Instagram on? is just like a big ego trip. So yes. it's like seeing that like 6,000 views, you're just like, that does not represent me. Right. And it's all we got right now. You know, I'm right not, now. I can't be a door to door salesman anymore. I was accumulating fans like a fucking snail. I was yeah. playing the road and I was slowly moving and I'd catch people <laughs> each show. They'd just attach themselves to me. And now yeah. I can't even do that. So all I have is this digital playground and being shut down feels like I don't have a voice. <laughs> I love the idea that like Feeny like is like don't make eye contact with me anymore. <laughs> I know. Feeny's oh my god, I would you now. <laughs> I would rip his limbs off his body and beat him to death with them if he ever tries to play me like I that. I think you should have a new character who's big time you cuz you're shadow banned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm a Instagram celebrity. Uh, Mike Feeny. 
I think all these teenage girls are like loving how he aesthetically looks. Oh, I agree. And then me, I'm like a fucking, you know, weathered pirate. Just like, you want to hear anger, kids? And they're like, oh, mister, get away from us. <laughs> no, but keep keep posting on TikTok because I feel like TikTok is really receptive. Yeah, they've been good, actually. Up. The talk has been good to me so far. The talk. Okay, yeah. good. I love literally also all my, I had so many jokes about how I fucking hate TikTok before quarantine. And now I'm like all over TikTok. So now I'm like, well... I'm just going to go walk myself out. Oh, Feeney and I had a shouting match on our <laughs> podcast about TikTok. A 20-minute screen. Like, I walked out of the show. And now I'm, like, I've gained. I've been on TikTok for, like, three months. I have more followers than I have on Instagram, which I've been on for years. Which is maybe the, I mean, I am huge in Malaysia. <laughs> you, you scream at Feeney and you walk out and go to the bathroom and then just scroll TikTok. <laughs> Downloaded the app and I'm like, fine, that sounds successful. <laughs> um when was the last time you lusted over someone now i know it's obviously your wife yeah so let's do who's your celebrity crush i mean well it, it's my wife for sure who i lust after but now like you know I, it, there's of course like you go out in the in the world and especially now where like usually at this time of year it's like sundressville in new york city mm -hmm. so you're like mm -hmm. You're like Jesus Christ! This is insane. There's the so subway many subway grates. Everyone just Marilyn Monroe. Suddenly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, even me. My my, my kilt blows up. You <laughs> see my Sagalow awful Sagalow with this. <laughs> <laughs> I like do a triple take to Brendan Sagalow eating a hoagie over. A, <laughs> yeah, a grate. over a grate. <laughs> He's just sweating, eating a fucking dick-shaped food. <laughs> and his hair is just like fluttering just a little bit in the breeze. And I'm like, hey, what's up, boo? Um, I mean, I have. Uh, and not to mention, my wife and I, like, we're the only people we've slept with for a really long time. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, celebrities all over the place. I mean, those are, you know. Who's your wife's celeb crush? Like, who's her hall pass? It's a good question. I don't, I don't know. I, I, she, when we were kids, it was Jeff Timmons from 98 Degrees. <laughs> not even That's the Lachey so brothers. Specific. Yeah. yeah, not even Lachey. No, oh, just good. the fucking queef, you know, the third queef. Uh, <laughs> third queef. <laughs> now I, I don't I don't really know who she who she's super into. And honestly, I'm I'm like, you know, I think it's just everybody. I think it's just everybody yeah. that's hot on Instagram. And it, you know, I I'm I'm I was super into uh Selena Gomez for a little while. It like it shifts, but like I I also like adult women. Um yep, okay. I, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I was super into <laughs> Selena Gomez, when but she then she on left Disney. Disney. Show? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I loved her character. I yeah. loved her her acting skills. Then, um, and then and then she got boobs and it got weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of like maybe maybe Emrata until she starts you know ex giving her opinion. <laughs> it, what what a dippy broad that chick is, huh? Is saying like, uh, I did you see the fat Jew thing that just came out? Where I like she was tried. She was what arguing she with comedians over whether or not original thought exists and whether or not Fat Jew built his empire on other people's work. And she's like, I think it's time for you to kind of uh, frame originality and ownership in the Internet age a little differently. And it's like, OK, cool, lady. I'm going to use one of your pictures to promote my anal lube then. Same thing. What? How much did he pay her off to do that? I, well, she's like, he's like, weirdly enough, he's the smartest person I know. It's like both your parents are college professors. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about?
<laughs> that is so weird. Oh, and comedians are just going to tear her apart. Yeah, that. I think. I mean, that's already kind of... I'm trying to think of, like... I follow a bunch of, like, hot celebs, and so those always pop to the top. Do you realize how face-tuned the photos are? The guys, like, they, they can't process it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not even looking at, like, faces. <laughs> <laughs> I love men so much. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, I'm like a Latina guy, though. I mean, my wife is Italian, so she's like white Latina. It's basically yeah. the same thing. But it's um, still spicy, but yeah, yeah, you, you can I, make empanadas. Oh, I love it. <laughs> who, who is your Who's your celeb crush? Because you're like kind of in that world. So, like, have you brushed with people that you once had a crush on that you're like, well, oh I, shit, now I have access? I feel like you'd appreciate this, but I joke that Derek Jeter is my ex boyfriend because mm-hmm. I like met him at an event like three years ago, and we started talking. For whatever reason, he, like, was comfortable with me, and I brought up, like, oh, I used to play sports, and I quit. Like, he had just retired, and I was like, is it weird? Like, what are you up to? And he's like, I've been golfing, and I'm like, I love golf. We had, like, a legitimate conversation, and um, he's been my biggest crush since I was, like, eight years old. Yeah. Like, my whole – he's never ch- – I'm Derek Jeter is love my life. And then I was looking at all his exes, and I convinced myself that, like, I'm his type. Like I, I, th- was, like, I think you are. I mean, I'm brunette with brown eyes. And then I realized he married a girl named Hannah who's my age. And I was like, if a couple things just would have been twisted differently. Right. um, If string theory got, got, you know, somehow (laughs) tangled, (laughs) it would have been you, Hannah. But I also think what I've learned in this industry is that these guys that when you're younger that you put on a pedestal and I've learned from my life experiences just because a guy's famous or successful or rich, most of the time that means they're terrible humans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but like, the, like the athletes, like they're all gonna cheat on you. You don't want to date a professional athlete. The I mean, this movie stars, they're all such narcissists. They'll put you in therapy for years. Mm-hmm. And like, so I'm at the point where I just want to find someone who's, yeah, like what you described. Who's I don't who has their own passion in life, and that I can do nothing with them and talk shit with them the rest of my life. Right. And a lot of rich, hot, famous guys are not that person for me. Yeah. Oh, Halsey. That's that's one that just came to the top of my Ooh. top of my head. I find her wildly attractive, as I'm sure everybody does. But she's smoking hot. But she's a, she's you have a type. I like your type. You've you've good taste. Yeah. Um. To wrap this up, I like to ask everyone, kind of, what advice would you give to my little devils, um, on how to cope with your hell? Like, uh-huh. what do you do when you're going through hell to survive? Um. I work out. So that for me, like being an ex-athlete, I shunned exercise for a long time after I Same. quit basketball. I was like, all it's right. It's called like a gym strike. A lot of people do it. Oh, it really? Just, like you miss the team. You you were getting yelled at and forced to work out for so long. So mm-hmm. you're like, no one can make me do shit. Yeah. So like a lot of people go on a gym strike after it, playing. Weirdly sports. enough, it took me listening to James Taylor on Mark Maron's podcast. James Taylor, soft-spoken, since yesterday morning. And he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, I just got to I just gotta exercise my Viking inside. And I'm like, James fucking Taylor has a Viking has a inside Viking? of him? Yeah, and I was like, well, I must have a capital one Viking inside of me that is just, you know, screaming and dying to get out. And I went back in the gym like – 
that day I was also watching Friday Night Lights and looking at Taylor yeah. Kitsch's body and being like I yeah. want that yeah. and uh, so I was like I got back into the gym and I was like oh this is immediately having an impact on my mental you're health you're like I want Taylor Kitsch inside of me I want to <laughs> see that's the thing I don't want him inside of me I want me inside of him but not in a sexual way I want to wear him for a while I see that. I you know? see that. What kind of workouts do you do? Like, what's the best thing to just get your mind quiet and feel yourself again? So honestly, the my closest thing to meditation is playing basketball because it's the one thing that I've ever done, even with comedy. It's the one thing I've ever done with while I'm doing it. It's my singular focus. So there's nothing yeah. else going on. It's all I can think of every part of my brain is functioning on a basketball level. When you do comedy, your brain is fucking, you know, it's it's constant gears, it's shifting, it's reading people, it's reading other people, it's memorizing material, it's like what in the mo- it's it's constantly going. With basketball, it's so singular focused and it's such a fluid thing and the work doesn't bother me because it's fun. Like I yeah. can't run. I can't just go for a run because that feels futile. To me. I'm realizing that about me too. Like everyone's like workout and I realized for the first time like I literally hate working out. I never said that to myself before because even with tennis when I was doing like weights or cardio training, it was for tennis, yeah. so I had this like push, but yeah, I miss playing games. Like I would love to play basketball or play tennis cuz the world just those problems get so small and the only problem is like the person playing defense on you right totally. now. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And you get to So I think yeah, find what like you can feel lost in for a little bit Mm -hmm. and the fact you sweat it out is also just healthy yeah boxing has helped also which now you know with quarantine you can't go to the gym obviously so i've been doing all resistance bands and like shadow boxing youtube things like you know just anything to kind of like try to exercise a little bit of impact and rage and get my do you you and your wife ever just go at it put a little head oh yeah dude she'd be fucking knocked out clean (laughs) (laughs) no actually my wife has like she has absolute guns like her arms are crazy if i ever got hit solid by one of her fists it would not be a good time you're like this is how i let out my rage just box your wife yeah yeah. whoever wins wins yeah we just put on put on a couple 12 ounce gloves and just (laughs) let each other have it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's how you deal with every argument you just go okay put the gloves on yep yeah all right whoever gets the most clean punch wins <laughs> <laughs> well michael shane cannon i'm so happy you came on burning in hell where can people watch you where can people follow you and where can people listen to you so people can follow me at i am mike cannon across all social media platforms instagram twitter i i'm not on snapchat really anymore but i do tiktok that's at, that's at I, I am mike cannon as well youtube i got both of my specials up there mike cannon comedy on youtube so i have two hours of material i have shorter more digestible clips i have irish goodbye podcast clips which is that's mine and mike feeney's podcast that's up on free on itunes whatever wherever you get podcasts yeah and I, check out my search hannah burner the yes. irish goodbye podcast or irish goodbye podcast killer listen to that. killer episode one of our Thank favorite you. guests seriously you really got it immediately and you jumped in with no hesitation which we absolutely love. That and, uh, means so much to me because I respect you guys so much as comics. Oh, thank you. Well, we have a new project as well. Uh, myself, Mike Feeney, and Brendan Sagalow, Hannah's, uh, Hannah's lovely baby boy. Uh, we have a Patreon-exclusive podcast if you want to help support us uh, financially through quarantine. It's called yeah. What's the Scenario? We do a bunch of hypotheticals, what-ifs, scenarios, all that kind of stuff. It's almost like a comedy obstacle course where it's pure escapist fun. We throw out a question and then 
and we just go and it's it's the most fun I've ever had. Thank you guys so much for listening to Burning in Hell and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs>